BBS Radio that you make it possible for our gatherings with Winfrey and Teddy Brown to be heard worldwide over the internet. Today it is the 4th of July, 2022. My name is Fais Minderhout. I'm located in Northern California. And this is, as usual, a simulcast with a conference call. That's how it all started. And we wait for more people to call in. And here we have someone else joining in. Happy Monday. Happy 4th of July. Welcome. Please say your name and location. Happy 4th. It's Jeannie in the Sites. Hi, hi. Welcome, Jeannie. How are you? Thank you. I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Thank you. And welcome to the next caller. Please say your name and location. Hi, hi. It's the Cecil from the Great Northwest. Hello, Cecil. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Hi, family. Hi, Cecil. Happy Happy Monday. Welcome to the conference call. Please say your name and location. Joan Dolan's friend. Welcome, Joan. Happy (laughs) 4th of July to you. Hi, Joan. Welcome to the next call. Please say your name and location. But of course, I'm with you also. We welcome you. Let's see, we have the background noise. I'm going to mute the phone on here momentarily. All right. And if you just joined in online through BBS, happy Monday to you. Happy 4th of July. And thank you for being here. And we wait for Winfrey to join in. I know he is on line with us already. He might not be able to hear us yet, but he is here. Uh, I hear hear you. Hello, Wynn. Welcome. Hey, Wynn. Hi, Cecil. You know, I was just in the room with Terry, and uh, one of her therapists came in. So I had to walk out of the room and come to a quiet place uh, to do this and I have queued up a replay of one of the early talks I did with Carlo Rucker. Do you see it there, Heis? Yes, I do. You do? Okay. And of course, anyone who doesn't know who Carlo Rucker is. She she is a legendary channeler who brought through what's called the Law of One raw material in the early 1980s, which um, introduced the world to a, a major group soul 
that has been a, what's the word, has been doing interventions in this realm and has been interpreted as God um, at various times. And they explained they were graduates of this, this realm. They had physical bodies on Venus. I should have re we're not recording now, are we? We are not, no. No. Maybe we should start the recording. Huh? All right. It is uh, July 4th, 2022. Here we go. The recording okay. has started. This is July 4th, 2022. And we are going to do a replay tonight. I am at the nursing home with Terry, and she's having a... Muted. This is an early call where I interviewed Carla Rucker on a Monday night. And at the time this was taking place, I would say I was kind of intimidated by Carla because she had been... She had become a legend in the channelers who brought through an epic three years of channelings. It turned into five books in the early 1980s. And without any more ado, we are going to start that recording. And thank you all for being here. And uh, you're going to learn about one of the intelligences, which is actually a group soul intelligence, that uh, you could say was in the God realm. They do things that humans can't do. They don't have bodies. And uh, fire away, Hodge. When in Terry and Sedona, and on Monday night, wildcard line. And I'm just going to go right into a replay of a call about eight years ago. One of our classic calls with Carla Rucker. Carla, you're on the line. I am. All right. This is, um, this call is dedicated to Carla. And uh, Terry and Daphne are just in the background, and I might ask them a question during the course of it. But um, let me, did I do this? Hang on. You're all muted, man. Okay. Now we have a quiet line, and um, I announced earlier today that Carla is going to be my guest tonight, and Carla and I have known each other probably ever since I, I first met Daphne. When I was starting to write the book about David Wilcock, I was studying Carla's um, channelings and David was referring to her work 
in all of his material, and he still refers to her work. And um, I actually drove to Laughlin, Nevada, to meet her, and she had a little table there, and I offered to man her table, and she said, I was the best salesperson for her raw books that she had ever seen. Now, actually, I think when I met you, Carla, I don't think I had met Daphne. I think that was just before that. And then I was... Is that right? I believe so. I believe Do you so. Hear that echo? No, I don't hear an echo. Everything sounds clear. So, I wanted to read to you. By the way, I want to thank everybody who's been sending me emails. And so many of you are having such amazing experiences on our lines. And it kind of blows me away. But uh, one of the things I want to say is that when you first expose yourself to this material, it's a beginning. This is a huge door you're opening. And your life, if you stick with it, your life will change. But it takes sticking with it. It opens up energies and possibilities. But all of us, everyone here, comes to the table with a huge track of what you could call your past karma, your past habits. And usually those have been developed over many, 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 many lifetimes. So when you suddenly get exposed to all this amazing stuff and 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 you open to it, it also opens up. Now, some people don't have this. God bless them. Some people don't have this experience. I did. Carla did. Daphne did. I don't think Terry did. She was already busy processing her stuff, so it didn't change. <laughs> but um, opening up to these energies can open up to surfacing things because the key here is cleaning yourself out of the old patterns, and you have to do it. Um, the rod roof doesn't do it. The Elohim doesn't do it. They give help. They give guidance. They give wisdom. But ultimately, it has to come from your intention. And it takes a lot of intention to clear things. And so I'm just saying that. And Carla can share some of the things that she went through when it started for her. Uh, Carla, do you want me to give an, int an intro to you, or would you like to tell people about yourself? Yes. Do you guess? Okay. So Carla um, was interested in channeling, and she met this person named Don Elkins, who was a Ph.D., and I believe he was a professor at a university, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And he yeah, was fascinated. Then it was silent meditation. Yeah. It started out with silent meditations. Uh-huh. Yeah. And somehow or another in these silent meditations, people suddenly had voices in their heads, and Ph.D. Professor Don, I guess, got pretty fascinated with it. And so there were these communications taking place between 
discarnate entities and some fairly high beings. But as far as I can tell, they were individuated beings. So Don would ask questions. Carla, I don't think she went to it, usually went into a trance. She was semi-conscious. Well, right. these voices, voices were coming through her. And then at one point, Don asked a very deep question. And the way I understand it, Carla went out. She just went into a trance, lost consciousness with the physical. And this voice came through Carla that identified itself. I am Ra. And for the next three and a half years or so, Don Elkins would be interviewing Ra, asking questions. Who are you? Where do you come from? How do things work? And Don was very smart, and he was getting a huge, amazing information that has never, ever, ever in the history of mankind been delivered into this realm about how things work. And her stuff is deep, particularly her raw material. Um, it's, it's like not fast reading. Uh, I, 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 was, I looked up on Amazon here, and there's a book called, um, she has four books out. One of them, her first book was called The Raw Material. And I hate the title because I don't, I, I think the publisher came up with it. And, uh, an ancient astronaut speaks. And I don't think Ra is really an ancient astronaut. Ra is a group soul, social memory complex. Those of you that have been listening to me talk know that I've, des I've described it. It's a group soul that has gone through thousands of lifetimes, maybe millions of years of evolution, graduated this realm, continued to evolve in other realms, and at a certain point came together, and it's very hard to understand this in your mind, so I don't think you can. I don't think I can. You can only get their words and try to put it together intuitively. But they came together in another dimension, in a higher dimension, and they act as a, I, this is my way of looking at it, as a helper and a guide for, for planets at lower levels of evolution. And historically, they have been responsible for many positive events in the history of mankind. And they're not always called Ra. They don't care what they're called, um, but they've talked to other people um, in, in, in history. And uh, in, in the record material, in Carla's material, there was indications that they were talking to a former lifetime of David Wilcock, Edgar Casey, in Egypt, 10,000 B.C. And uh, they told the story a little bit of, in Carla's material, of that lifetime. So I wanted to read to you a testimonial that's on Amazon 
oil out there, some good and some not so good. I think it is important to use discernment when reading channeled material, just as it is important to use discernment when reading anything or when listening to a preacher talk. Ultimately, the truth is inside what of us. What if someone said... Um... Wait a second. That must have been a leak through from BBS. Okay. Um, ultimately, the truth is inside of us, but we don't know it. So it helps to have it confirmed by outside sources. Sometimes we come across something that has that ring of truth in it, and we know it is appropriate for us at that point of time in our lives. Not necessarily appropriate for everyone at all times, or even for ourselves at all times but appropriate in the now for where we are right now. Thus, I have encountered many books and other sources of info that have all had varying degrees of what I consider truth, but no one of them being the truth. He says, I have long ago dismissed the Bible as the truth, but consider it to have some truth in it, while most of it has been distorted. The law of one books are the closest I have found being the truth. Many of the channeled works out there are cheesy or they come across as too authoritative as such and such and this year will happen and that's the way it is. Ra, on the other hand, does not claim to be an authority. Rather, this entity repeatedly tells us to please use discernment and accept only that which resonates as truth within ourselves. Then proceeds to give into that totality it rocks your socks off. This stuff is deep. It's very deep. I have never read anything else, channeled or not, that even comes close to such high caliber. It is just completely obvious to me that the info is coming from a higher being because there's no way anyone could have made this up. Okay, maybe someone could have, but this info came through a woman in a trance, and she didn't even know what she was saying until she woke up. Even very specific details are consistent throughout the text over the course of several years of channeling. And the material describes a cosmology that was way ahead of its time. Certain aspects of quantum physics, for example, described in the books had not yet been discovered. So no one could have made this up. When you read the material, you get a very strong sense of higher knowledge. It's just really obvious that this is not coming from a human source, the way most channeled material seems to be. I had a lot of aha moments while reading it. Reading it. In fact, pretty much every sentence. But my purpose is not to try to convince you. Before the skeptics start, let me say, I'm not trying to prove that this channeled work is authentic. If you are searching for absolute proof, then clearly this book or any channeled work is not for you. Better to stay in an organized religion and do as they tell you. However, if you are a serious seeker who is not afraid to think for yourself, then I highly recommend you give these books a try. Prepare to have your mind open. Um, if you're still with me, then maybe you'd like to know what the books are about. Okay, for starters, 
the nature of life, the universe, how the pyramids were built, who the aliens are, the chakras, other dimensions, the important elements of the spiritual path, the nature of sexuality, and lots of other interesting topics. But that is not what makes the book stand out. Other books have tried to address these topics as well. What makes the law of one stand out is the explanation of good versus evil. If you find the idea of a good God being in constant war with the evil Satan oversimplistic, or if you believe that God is all-powerful and beyond good and evil, or if you have a hard time believing that God will lose most of the world's population to the devil, and you are searching for a more intelligent explanation of why there is evil in the world, these books might be for you. Or if you're tired of all the doom and gloom prophecies and would like to rekindle hope, then these books might be for you. Be forewarned, these books are not light and fluffy, and whatever you believe, they will challenge you, but they will also inspire you and give comfort. Introducing Carla Rucker. I am honored to have her. I'm honored that she's um, chosen um, to trust the work we do and to show up on our show, our Monday night show, once a month, and we talk about everything. And sometimes we're just really down home. But tonight, I know we're having a lot of new people. And they're being introduced to the idea of channeling for the first time through my work. They're being introduced to this new way of looking at the universe. And I wanted to take this opportunity to make sure that you knew who Carla Rucker was. And Carla, now that I've given her that big intro, she's saying, what am I going to do now? Carla, what would you like to say? Well, thank you. Uh, I'm, I'm honored to be asked to be on the show, and I tickled to death to be with Daphne and, and Hazer and, and with Terry and Hayley. Hey uh, love to everybody and love to those outside. It's a, a wonderful thing that we can meet in the ethers. Okay, let's see. When I think you probably want me to start with just the story. And you did pretty well at that. I was a 19-year-old when I heard that a, a very, um, uh, I don't know, an epic-making professor at Speed Scientific School where I was a librarian or assistant to the librarian um, was teaching. Everybody had held him in total awe. He was a, a brilliant guy. And um, since the mid-50s, he had been studying the paranormal. Anything that that uh, took you outside the realm of normal life, because it was obvious to him, if not to anybody else, that science as it was did not explain the deeper questions. Uh, people learned to work with things like gravity and light, but they did not know what they were. They learned to call energy that, but they did not know what it was. There, there came a, a point at which science failed, and Don was always trying to get beyond that point. He traveled a, a lot in in his little airplane. He was, was a he knew how to fly, and he was a charter pilot on the side when he was a professor at U of L, University of Louisville. Uh, better known for his basketball, I will admit, but there is a, an excellent uh, engineering school there, and Don was teaching there. Um, Don 
ran across the material that suggested that if you meditated silently together in a group, eventually you would begin picking up the messages that were coming in. Because there were messages that were just waiting for somebody to ask them uh, to come in in order for, for that to start the flow of that energy. And the, the, the that energy would turn itself into the words that were the equal of the energy between the two, the the otherworldly entity or extraterrestrial entity and, and the person uh, trying to pick up that that, that um, message. So it was uh, a long time before anybody actually got any messages, and meanwhile I was happily meditating silently, and it was a great group. I really enjoyed it. Um, but then, Carla, how, how many years? How many? How many? How many years were you studying silently, or before? Uh, Twelve, actually. You, you were. I, I did to... not want to. I did not want to uh, be a channel. I loved the silent meditation. I was very mystical, and I, I loved to listen to the messages. But I didn't have any desire to be a channel. So I, that's what I did until 1974. Which by that time I was quite a bit older, a lot had happened to me, and I was pretty well settled working for Don at the time, uh, and partners with him in, um, um, we had written a book together, and we were in the process of writing another book. Uh, so we were partners in that, and uh, I always considered it a, a great uh, uh, joy that he pried me away from the library and ship and, and I did research with him. I, I read everything that there was to read. He didn't much to read. And then I would report to him uh, the things that I found the most interesting in the books. And then he would, he would remember those few things. And, and uh, when he was talking in speeches, he, he had those uh, quick uh, sound bites to offer people. That's the way he did his research. Uh, but, uh, things changed a little bit when I finally agreed that yes, his, um, experiment <laughs> was about to end, uh, with the, uh, extraterrestrial voices because the last, uh, engineer that, uh, had learned channeling was leaving town and, uh, getting another job, which is pretty typical of people these days. They move around and, of course, engineers go everywhere these days. So, gone and uh, Don was really wanting to keep this up so I agreed to try not at all wanting to do it but well by golly it took me about two months and I finally caught on and once I caught on I, I immediately became very interested in why some sessions were better than others and and I, I tried for years to, to pin that down as I was working and and I, I uh, figured out uh, several things that would make uh, a channeling session go down the tubes. And um, so I, I I never was interested in letting people ask fear-based questions. If you're in fear, the energy that you're putting out is going to pull in uh, a much lower vibration than if you don't have any fear. So I, I wouldn't ask, I wouldn't take questions that were like that and I wouldn't take specific prophecy questions because those were usually fear based or at least certainly not positive 
So I, I found that if I if I eliminated those two things from the questions, and then I worked on myself so that I was at my own highest tuning when I would go into meditation, that 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 made the the sessions better. So I continued doing that, and uh, after I'd been working on that for about eight years, I think. Yeah, no, six years. Six years. I was 74, and then just in the January of 81, I began channeling the raw group. I had always channeled uh, consciously, and then, as Wynn says, uh, that first time with channeling those of Ra, I was able to challenge those of Ra in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm a Christian. And uh, he, the Ra group was able to answer that quite quickly and, and gladly and oh yes of course and they were uh, very enthusiastic about responding to that challenge and uh, when you get that kind of response it's, it's going to be a, a good you know I knew that it was going to be a, a good session what I didn't know is just how good it was going to be it was the best channeling that I've ever done no question about it but I was only capable of it because uh my now husband, Jim McCarty, had just joined the group, and he was putting a lot of physical energy into the group as well as spiritual energy. And really, you know, he powers the raw contact. So, you know, when people say, oh, it's wonderful how Carla channeled that, well, you know, I channeled the group's effort. And Jim, <laughs> sweating through those sessions and sending me love, uh, really, really did more than his part. But at any rate, uh, there's no question about it. The, the, the raw material is, is a classic, has become a classic, and, and it's a wonderful thing that people are more and more able to know about it. We, we have it for free. You know, you can read it on our, on our, um, uh, uh, your website. Website, and, uh, it's, uh, www.llresearch.org. Um, or you can pick pick up the books. Sometimes people like the books better. I certainly do, um, and read them that way. But the whole idea of of, of the raw material, the raw is coming to talk to us about love, about how love comes to us in in a pure and and unadulterated fashion, and how um, our love in all kinds of different ways, but that we can learn to lessen that distortion and to become more and more like the love vibration that is that created all that there is. Well, it sounds very simplistic, and actually it is. It's too simple for most people. That they want to get, you know, the teeth into something logical and and. It just on was a scientist is a tremendously strong logical leaning to the book, and he, even technical questions and stuff that I know nothing about, so I have no idea how in the world Rob picked that stuff up out of my mind, but but they did. Anyway, uh, it backs up everything that it offers with an explanation that is internally consistent, as Wynn said. And I've read a lot of um, uh, philosophy in my time. This this beats the internal consistency of any 
uh, a philosophical body of writing that I've ever seen. Um, I'm, a, I'm a pretty good critic, and I generally can tear apart most philosophical attempts because there are always holes left somewhere. You just have to find them and say, well, look, it doesn't talk about this. Not the raw material, not, not, not the Confederation material in general. And, and I've channeled the Confederation material from the very beginning. It's just that the raw group is, is a, a higher uh, velocity, I guess you'd say, group uh, than I ever uh, channeled before or since. Now, I do channel, in a way, I channel the raw group now because the Kuo group includes the raw group. But there are several uh, other entities that are with uh, the raw group to make the Thule principle that sort of step down that energy to where I can work with it and still be conscious. So I have, I'm just a little um, sincere um, older lady that is, has watched uh, a wonderful blossoming of uh, people that love this material and and uh, want people to know about this material and I get every day we get letters from people that feel that that material has changed their lives, has, has moved them in the right direction is what they need for now and uh, I'm so I'm so thrilled at that because in and of myself I'm not a particularly interesting person you know, just this, this cat that's living in Louisville, Kentucky and, and likes jazz and, and romance novels and and I like, you know, to cook and garden. I mean, there's just nothing jazzy about me, but the a lot of one material is certainly all of those things that I'm not. So I'm, I'm so tickled, uh, Wynn, that you've given me a chance to just blather on here about things. Uh, would you like to come in and, and direct the um, discussion? Well, I thought a couple of things that would be good to talk about is, you know, it's interesting that you go to still go to church. Well, you, you know, I want to say that Carla has not been well. She had an operation, and she's still been recovering from it. It had complications. And you hear the shakiness in her voice, probably, and it's probably because she's still under the weather, and she's still here with us. And I wanted to, I was going to say that you go to church every Sunday. And I do indeed. I, well, you know, when I'm well, I go every time they open the doors. <laughs> right, right. That's why, you know, that's why I was one of the, you probably haven't gone for a few months. But, you know, it's interesting that they choose people to talk through who tend to be Christians. For example, Edgar Casey was a fundamentalist Christian. You go to church every Sunday. Daphne has identified as being a Catholic, a mystical Catholic. She used to go volunteer at the local nunnery when she was living in um, Silicon Valley. And and Perry, I think, used to teach Sunday school. Okay, Now, many traditional Christians, when they hear about this, kind of um, thing you're doing and we're doing 
they immediately come and say, that's of the devil. They, just immediately. I thought I would ask you how you reconciled the, the Christian religious part of you with the channeling part of you. Well, in, in my younger days when I was much more intense than I am now about studying the, the, the catechism, the prayer book, and all the things that make, uh, the body of work that makes you a Christian and makes you think a certain way in certain situations, um, I've, I've ran into the fact that I didn't believe any of it. I, I didn't see the point of it. And I, and I, I was at summer camp. And being a total idiot and not particularly like anybody else at the camp, <laughs> I was the only one that showed up uh, for the nightly sessions with uh, the bishop uh, who was holding a, an inquirer's class. You could come and ask him anything you wanted. So I came and I said, Bishop, I just, I just, I think maybe I'm not a Christian because I, I just don't buy the virgin birth. And he nodded and he said, I've had a lot of trouble with that one myself. <laughs> and I said, well, how do you say the creed? He said, in faith. He said, in faith that one day, probably not during this incarnation, I will understand all this stuff. <laughs> and I haven't a clue. <laughs> I just say it in faith. And then he said, now, don't ever leave the church, because you'll have no one to talk to about Jesus if you do. And I have found that to be true. I have found it rewarding and and uh, endearing and uh, heart-opening to be the member of the choir <laughs> um, and the the person that listens to the to the preaching and, and just all the comfortable words of the Bible, whether I you know believe them intellectually or not, they are comforting. Um, so I think that the the problem that people have with something like the Ra group is not connected with with the outer trappery of religion. Uh, if if you stick to the things that you're supposed to believe in especially in the in the more fundamentalist churches um, who say it's true that the world was was created six thousand years ago. That kind of uh, leap of faith or leap into faith. Um, then you're going to have trouble with somebody that uh, is as far out as, as I, even though I'm not far out as a person. Um, but I don't have a problem with it because I'm not a I'm not a fundamentalist Christian. Uh, I gave up the, the the doctrinal part of Christianity at that point. Uh, when I figure, well, if the bishop can just say it in faith, I guess I can, you know, vamp <laughs> for now <laughs> in mm-hmm. faith and, and see what happens later, because this comforts me. And, and I mean, I I would always be a Christian because I knew Jesus Christ as a as a very young child, and that mm-hmm. that doesn't go down well with people who don't believe strange things. But I I actively had Jesus Christ as a part of my magic forest that I would sneak into when I was supposed to be taking a nap. And mm-hmm. it was wonderful. I mean, he would gaze at me, and I would gaze at him, and I would hold his hand, and I'd look into his golden eyes. He had beautiful eyes, and, and I would know what love was. And 
So you'd never be able to take me away from the side of Jesus the Christ. I, I love him mm-hmm. with all my heart. But all this uh, trappery that's, that's come up around Jesus, the, the church, stuff having to do with, with church, I find it beautiful. And, and, you know, when it's beautiful, does it need to be uh, the a- actual truth, or is it more that it needs to lead you towards the truth? So that's sort of the way I look at Christianity and the way I look at the raw material. Let this lead me towards the truth. Let me be a better servant of the, of Jesus Christ, which I will never stop serving. So, it, you know, you start with faith, you drop the dogma, and then... uh a, a, a mystical uh, setup like the Law of One universe, where you're spending eons of time evolving and then becoming one with the Creator, um, it's 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 so different from most. Uh, re- it's not a religion at all, but it's it's different from any religion or any philosophy really, and. In, in the way it folds back on itself endlessly. And I think one of the reasons it does that is that Don kept asking questions. You know, he'd, he'd, he'd go into a session and, and you know, I, I helped me to, to go under trance. And he'd be already and he'd have his notebook full of questions he carefully worked up from the last session. And then he'd, Rob would answer a question in such a way that the scientist part of him just couldn't stand it, and he'd have to go and investigate that. So off we went, you know, down the rabbit hole and into something, something else interesting. <laughs> so. you, know, you know, you know, my opinion, my opinion on this is uh-huh. that somehow people have gotten the idea that if they have a certain belief, they're going to be better people, or uh-huh. they're going to go to heaven, as if they can believe it in their head. Rather than experience something in their, in their heart, in their heart. and yeah. that is, I think, where religion has gone off track, turning something that should be an experience, that should be something that you can feel inside you, that should be something that makes you more loving and empathetic towards your neighbors, and turned it into a belief. And then they fight over who's got the right belief, or if my belief is better than your belief. My experience with um, good channeled material, which there's not that much of, but at least yours and mine, is that (laughs) when you read it, many of you, many of us, are old souls. We've had lots of lifetimes. And we know things, but we don't know them in our conscious mind. And when you read it, it wakes up something on a deeper level that's familiar and makes sense. And then it starts evolving you. It starts causing you to open up to deeper levels in yourself. It's like cellular memories waking up. You know, Carla, I thought if, 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 if you don't mind, that particular question about religion and, and channeled material, if Daphne, if Daphne wants to make a comment on that, because one of her issues when we were first together was how does this reconcile with, with my Catholic beliefs? 
And she went through a huge amount of trepidation. She probably still does to some extent. And uh, she doesn't have to answer. But it's Daphne, are you there? Hello, hi, Daphne. Lynn. Yes, hi, Wynn. I, I am here. Um, would, would, you, actually, would you like to talk? Hello? Yeah. Um, sure, sure. Um, uh, in answer to the, the latter part of your question, um, no, I, I, I'm not going through any trepidation now. Um, I think the trepidation I did go through was more, um, it was more the fact that I was experiencing all the negative attacks. Um, you know, before I had the, the actual experience myself of bringing in the, the channel material, I had been um, exposed to Jane Roberts' material and had read probably thousands of pages of that, you know, starting in the mid-80s or so. Um, uh, and then uh, a lot of others, um, but primarily Jane Roberts' material. Um I think um, similar uh, to the way that Carla describes um, her experience with um, Catholicism and, and Christianity in general, you know, there's a part of me that very, very much needs and feels grounded and um, somehow completed by an experience of aesthetic beauty. And that I do find in... Um, the Christian liturgy, um, for me, especially the Orthodox liturgy. I was raised, um, I was raised in the Anglican Church, um, but I was baptized in the Greek Orthodox Church, and my godfather is Russian Orthodox. And I found, um, you know, in the time that I'd spent as a young child attending the Orthodox liturgies, you know, which are extremely beautiful and reverent, um, and filled with chanting and incense and architecture, um, which essentially goes back to the early Christians. Um, it was a an extremely grounding and um, fulfilling kind of thing for me. Um, and eventually, for whatever reason, um, I had um, mystical conversion um, to Catholicism in 1995. Um, so there seems to be some kind of a threading from, from what I can see, the fact that I was baptized in the Orthodox Church, raised in the Anglican, um, then married an, a, a Jewish man. He wasn't practicing, um, but I had that tie-in, and then I converted to Catholicism. There's, there's been all these, these tie-ins. Um, but it's, um, it, it's not really a source of... Um, of conflict for me, um, in as much it's been, um, it, it's been a challenge with, 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 with the negative attack issues. I, I just guess I wanted to say that. Thank you. I think I'll, I'll, I'll ask a question to Carla about that because she certainly experienced that when she started doing her raw channeling. But before I go to her, just give Terry an opportunity because Terry, weren't you a Sunday school teacher? Uh, yes, uh, I taught Sunday school from the age of 14 to the age of 18, and uh, I taught the second and third grade, um, and it was a Presbyterian church, and there was certain things that uh, if I didn't understand something, I would not teach it. So one of the things was the Trinity, and uh, I didn't understand that. 
So uh, sometimes in the lessons I was supposed to be teaching about it, but uh, I always tried to steer away from it. And uh, it was a few weeks ago that, um, maybe a couple months ago that uh, one person asked a question about what is the Trinity, and they answered. And uh, so uh, I'm starting to understand uh, things now that I didn't understand before. You're understanding them more in an experiential way. Yeah. Rather than a belief belief way. Thank you. You know, um, a, a, a good topic to just ask Carla is if you study Carla's work and her history, you'll know that when she was bringing through this raw material in 1981, starting, um, she got very sick. She got lost a lot of weight. And they were asking questions about why that was happening to her. And the raw group was answering something like there was a... I don't know if I should bring this up, because if I bring it up, it might invoke it. Carla, can I talk about it? Well, let me let me get it straight first. I lost the weight because I didn't know how to um, exteriorize uh, the energy that puts out a, a, a trance channeling. Usually you see a, a misty cigar smoke-like energy that's out there that is contained. It's an energy force that's containing the source of those words. But I didn't know how to do that. I was... They just had to put me to sleep and, and, and sort of knock out a few walls and make do. And um, so every time I went into trance, when I got out of trance 45 minutes later or so, I would have lost two or three pounds. Uh, and Ross said that that was because of my not being able to exteriorize the ectoplasm, that it was interior, and so it was just chewing up my body weight. I never ate so much in my life as at that time. But the other thing, once I got into uh, doing these sessions regularly, I certainly did have, um, uh, 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 we can call it greeting. I like to call it a greeting because if you call it a negative uh, attack or something, it, it, may, it sounds all scary. But Okay, <laughs> excuse me. Win back live. That was a great session. And, uh, we have to move over to whole planet healing. So thank you everybody for being here and everyone on BBS. Whole planet healing is 712-770-4340 pin 250513. And let me unmute. You're 10 minutes early. Thank you. Hi. <laughs> You're ten minutes early, Win. Thank you. Did you did you did you did you enjoy it? Did you track it? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thank yeah. You. Yeah. I mean, that was that was the very first time I think I interviewed Carla on my own show. 
I played the interview with Carla on BBS Radio, but um, that one was much better, I think. So thank you all for listening, and we'll see you in a moment. This session is no longer being recorded. Hi, Mr. Blevin. Unmuted. All right. <laughs> I think the uh, earlier opening up of the mics was in the recording. I thank you all for being here. And we will move over to whole planet healing here in a moment. We still have eight minutes till the hour. And for those of you that are hanging in here, let us just envision a rain. Connect together. See the rain come down. Feel the rain fall on your body while walking outside. Smell the rain. See the pedals on the street. In your lawn. I think our sources. Ask for rain. That the water reservoirs will fill up, the crop can grow, animals and humans have water, plenty of water. a beautiful cloud of energy surrounding Mother Earth completely. Cloud of love. Connecting each human being in a positive way to one another. Peace. Love understanding, support, help, well-being. All you need is love. 
and let's go over the air now and move over to healing in just a moment. Thank you all so much. Goodbye. Like your name and location. This is BBS Radio. Is everybody ready to go live? Thank you, and thank you for being here, BBS. And thank you to all the BBS listeners who listen to us on Mondays and Wednesdays. Thank you for being here, and welcome to Whole Planet Healing. Would you like to say your name and location? Hello, uh, Antonio. Yeah. Hi, Jackie. <laughs> Hi, Wynn. Hi, okay. And did I hear hi? Oh. Did I hear okay. hi? No, no hi. I think I heard Terry though. Did I? Did I hear Terry in there? I know I heard when. Terry, are you there? Oh, maybe not. I don't know. She should be. She should be there. Okay, great. Because I was. I was just in the room with her. Yeah. And I turned her phone onto Whole Planet Healing. Yeah, okay. good. And when I, when I left. But yeah. she may have pushed some button and turned it off. You know, it's possible. Yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah. Welcome to Whole Planet Healing. Would you like to say your name and location? Hello, Antonio. It's Prudy. Hi, Prudy. Hi. Hi, Prudy. Hello, Prudy. Happy Fourth. Hello, Pretty Prudy. Uh, oh, today's the Fourth. I forgot. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's a holiday. Yeah, I don't it's do anything for the Fourth. An important holiday. You no, know, this is this is the only call in the whole country where one of the Founders of the country is on the call, celebrating the. Oh call yeah, the Benjamin, party. Benjamin Franklin. Yeah. Hey, don't don't tell everybody. Geez, oh. we're on we're on BBS radio. What are people going to think? Oh, I forgot. I forgot. <laughs> you know when you, when you, when you say you're. When you connect with somebody saying, well, if you don't the whole planet, you in, would you like to say your name and location? But only if you want to. What were you going to say, Wynn? When you, when, when you connect yourself with somebody famous, right? Yeah. People, people think you're doing it for notoriety. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. I know, but I know better. I know. But no, but other, we're on the other, other but, people. But, other people. Welcome to All Planet Healing. Would you like to say your name and location? Joan Dolan Springs. Hi, Joan. Hello, Hi. Joan. Happy Fourth of July. Happy Fourth, and sometimes people think you're nuts. Who would do Why? that? <laughs> Why? Some people don't believe in stuff like that. Welcome to Hope Planet Healing. Would you like to say your name and location? Hi, Antonio and all. Hi, John. Los Molinos. Hi, hi. Hello, hi, hi. Hi, hi. I gave Abby some welcome to Hope Planet Healing. Would you like to say your name and location? I'm calling New York. 
Hi, Pauline. Hi. Hello, Pauline. I gave that. I was just finished on this New York side, so Macy's parade, I mean, fireworks has just been beautiful. I gave Abby some treats that have uh, CBD oil in it for when the fireworks go off so she won't be scared or shaking. Is that a dog or a cat you're talking about, or is it a child? It's a girlfriend. Yeah, my your girlfriend. Oh, your girlfriend. I didn't know. Okay. My my furry <laughs> my furry girlfriend. <laughs> or like a I girlfriend. Thought, <laughs> I thought it I thought it was some kind of a pet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is it a a cat or a dog? A dog. Oh, okay. Okay. What kind of dog? What breed is that? Jack Russell. Oh, they're cute. I love Jack Russells. Yeah. They can and be spicy, spicy little guys. My ex-husband, well, yeah, he had, he had one. Barracuda and Cuda for sure because he was so vicious with newcomers coming into the house. <laughs> Cuda. Okay. Is, it a, is, it a pure, is it a pure breed? No, she's half pit bull. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's really weird. Yeah. She has the Jack Russell <laughs> marking. She's small, but she has like a broad chest. Like the pit bull. My neighbor's, my neighbor's pit bull tried to, tried to eat me alive this morning. Oh dear. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> Welcome to Hope Planet Healing. Would you like to say your name and location? Hello, it's Bonnie in California. Hi, Bonnie. Hi, Bonnie. Hi, Bonnie. Hi, Bonnie. Hi. Hi. My daughter has four pit bulls. Well, did have five when one died. And she, she likes them better than anybody else that she knows. Hmm. Except for you. Yeah, yeah, maybe one, even of my, one of my neighbors here has pit, pit bulls too, and they are the sweetest creatures. I just love them. You know, when I can they are they're very sweet, very misunderstood. Yeah. Yes, they are. Yeah. Except except for my neighbor, yeah. and, and 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 he would he would like to have me for lunch. <laughs> and it, it's how you train them. Yeah. Yes. Welcome to Whole Planet Healing. Would you like to say your name and location? Yeah. Positive greetings, <clears throat> Antonio from um, Sedona. Street. Hi, Raiden. Hi, Raiden. Hi, Raiden. Happy fourth. Happy fourth. Thank you. Same to you. I had two dogs in my life. My first dog was a purebred Afghan. Oh, wow. I don't usually usually talk about this, but when I went hitchhiking, I took my dog with me. And (laughs) there I I was hitchhiking. It was a purebred Afghan. Wow. (laughs) And and then when I got to New York, and these guys took me home with them from a little hootenanny when I first got there. And then they offered to rent me 
their a room in their apartment for $25 a month, which was, it was a rent-controlled apartment. And so I did it. I stayed in New York for at least three or four or five months. And, um, you know, I just used to go down to Greenwich Village and play in music and uh, coffee shops. Oh, wow. Very cool. Uh-huh. And then, cool. and then, what I did was I bred my dog in that little room, and she had puppies. I think about six or some puppies, and I sold them on you. Why is that? Yeah. Exploiting my dog? Just <laughs> for breeding, for breeding your dog. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't the father. <laughs> and I kind of believe it when I'm watching the dog show and they just put on an Afghan yeah. <laughs> on the show on ABC. It's on right now. So it's not a pure. Looks like a pure breed, but let's get started, folks. Muted. Thank you all for being here. Jackie, are you present? Can't hear you, Jackie. Do you want to say something first, Wayne? Let's see Jackie. Is Jackie here? He was here. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Can you hear can you hear me now? Yeah. 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 Great. You wanna open up Wayne? I'll say something. Okay. Uh, 4th of July, 22. Here we go. The recording has started. This is July 4th, 2022. And happy holidays to all of you. Celebrating the birth of our country. And uh, I hate to say it, but a lot of the principles that were set up by the founding fathers are being destroyed. And um, well, can we recover? I don't know. I hope so. But let me just tell you about Whole Planet Healing very quickly. It all started when I was writing the book, The Reincarnation of Edgar Cayce. And I found out that there were sources on the other side who were paying attention to me. I found this out when my friend and now my partner, Terry Brown, woke me up in the middle of the night and said, get a tape recorder out. And an intelligence came through her that wasn't her. Now, I, I thought she was, it was her. I thought she was making it up. But I went along with it, and I asked questions. And then I, it happened the next day, and then we kept talking. And I found that this source... Well, some of the things they said about themselves. 
they said they were pure energy at the center of the universe. They could expand their energy into any point in the universe or any dimension. They could expand as big as a galaxy and as small as an atom. And they identified themselves by the name the Council of Elohim. Then they said they actually existed before there was a universe and that they were the intelligence that created the beginning template of the universe. And they gave everything free will and things over millions of years started getting pretty screwed up. And there were lower dimensions where people were vying for power and control. And our planet is in one of those lower dimensions. And it's one of the things that's happening now on our planet. And as I kept talking to them, they actually proved, at least as much as it could be proven, that they could do what they said they could do. And that they could affect the energies and the incidents sometimes in ways that looked like miracles. And we started having miracles. We started having phenomena that there was no explanation for. And they took credit for it. And they honor free will. So someone has to ask for their help. And over time, I believe that was true. It proved itself to me. And I will say that I am very skeptical about these things. And I was very wary of having some kind of negative force tricking me. And then people started listening to my conference calls. And they started making the connection with these sources. And, and this is a very profound experience to have when you're in a body on planet Earth where we are essentially cut off from the higher realms. And so that's why we're doing this call. And the people that are helping to facil facilitate this call are some of the people that have been paying attention for a long time and have their own personal experiences, as well as some of you who are intending the call. So if you're listening, this is an opportunity to learn about something that you would have never believed was possible for you to learn about. And there's nothing you have to believe in. You just have to be open-minded. As part of this call, you'll hear one of the conversations 
that I had, an excerpt that Bonnie reads with these sources. And let me just see it. Terry, are you on the line? Okay. All right. I turn it back to Bonnie. I mean, to, Jackie. to Jackie. Jackie. <laughs> Thank you, Lynn. Thank you so much. And I'd like to welcome everybody on our call tonight, including our BBS radio family. Uh, so thank you all for joining us tonight. And I, I hope you all were able to listen to the prior hour on the BBS radio where we heard a great replay containing a discussion between Winfrey and Carla Rucker the channeler of the raw material, which contains an intelligent presentation of the law of one. Now, the whole planet healing call resonates with the law of one principles, as well as concepts offered by our sources who are now channeled through Terry Brown. And what makes this whole planet healing call unique among the conference calls is due to the involvement of these sources who have indicated that they are paying attention to each and every one of us on this call, addressing our personal requests and concerns, as well as adding their energy to our group intentions and requests for healing, primarily the planet, but also for the people, places, and situations that concern us. While of of course, always keeping in mind that the principle of the highest and greatest good of all be considered. So now let's officially begin this call by welcoming Cecil from near Seattle, Washington, who will recite our invocation, requesting energetic protection for ourselves, this call, and this work, along with a shielding from any negative interference. Cecil? Thank you, Jackie. Father, Mother, God, the one infinite creator, we ask for the presence of the light to surround and protect everyone in attendance, including those on BBS radio. And any negativity be taken to the highest realms of light and be transmuted for the highest and greatest good of all concerns. We see ourselves in the flow of energy radiating from the center of the universe through the galaxies, through our galaxy, the Milky Way, through our solar system, through the outer energy fields of planet Earth, through our bodies and into the center of the Earth. Right now, we invoke a group energy connection with all those present who are open to do so while maintaining the sovereign integrity of our souls. We invite those sources who are positive, service to others, honoring the law of one, to join with us. We co-create a protected space that only the positive has access to. 
anything not of that nature must leave now. Back to you, Jackie. Thank you so much, Cecil. Well, at the beginning of this call every night, Winfrey and Terry Brown join us and offer uh, some of their time to share their thoughts with us. And uh, so I'm going to hand it back to Win, and hopefully he was able to get Terry to, so she can give us a little shout out also. Win, are you there? I'm here, but um, I didn't get Terry because I, I left. I'm not there. You know, Terry had a really serious thing happen health-wise, and she's at a rehab home right now. So she's a little spacey sometimes. She's doing really well. She actually ate much half of the food that was brought to her for lunch. And I brought her some Thai soup, and she drank quite a bit of it. And uh, are you there, Terry? Terry is the person that brought all the messages through. And if somebody is listening that wants to find more out about us or about this work, we have about 2,000 sessions posted on the spiritchannel.net, the spiritchannel.net. And uh, some of them have um, transcripts. And it's something that <laughs> you'll never find in any of the recorded history of humanity, the kind of information that's there. And everyone can decide themselves if it resonates. And of course, there's this opportunity to make the connection with these sources. And if you want to make a connection, just keep coming to this call, which is every day at 7 o'clock. On Monday and Wednesday, it's on BBS. And every other night of the week, it is um, on a conference line. And if you go to the spiritchannel.net, the phone numbers for the conference line are on there. And back to you, Jackie. Thank you so much, Wynn. Now, Wynn just mentioned the spiritchannel.net. We encourage everyone to get over there, but not everyone can schedule adequate time scanning the Spirit Channel archives. So the Whole Planet Healing Call has a special segment that we appreciate. So next on our call, we join Bonnie from Corona, California, who scans through the archives of the Spirit Channel, as well as other compatible resources, and she chooses a message to share with us each night. So Bonnie, what can we look forward to this evening? Hi, thank you. Well, it's the 4th of July, and I pondered... Uh, regaling you guys with uh, my patriotic song again this year, but I decided I would uh, not subject the BBS listeners to that. <laughs> so we're going to read from a 
a channeling that took place on June 6, 2011. Uh, and let's just get right into it. After Wind Calls in the Light, we have a greeting from Ra on through Terry. We greet you in the love light of the one infinite creator. This is June 6, 2011, and we are permeating the atmosphere, the bridge around planet Earth, and our observance of those individuals who are wishing to connect and reaching to connect with us. And with joy, we connect, as it has been a long time since we have had such an opportunity as each and every one of you on the call that is opening to connecting. It's been a long time since there have been so many people reaching to connect, and we ask if you have questions. And when then responds, our topic tonight is starseeds and wanderers. And the idea that there are many people on our planet who volunteered to come here to be of service. According to the Carla Ruckert channeling, there are more raw group people here and that 90% of them get lost once they come back down. They, they get caught up in, I think the word she used was the maelstrom in this level, in this realm. I think they know that on the other side, that when somebody volunteers to come here, they know that there's a 90% chance that they'll get lost, but they still come. I think they do that because the 10% that don't get lost makes a tremendous difference in this realm. We'll just focus on the raw wanderers, and why don't I just let you discourse on wanderers? And raw on through Terry responds, Thank you. When an individual from the other side decides to incarnate into a body in the third dimension, they do not take into account, in most cases, the body system that they will be inhabiting in the Earth system. On the other side, they have a body which is more of an astral body. And this body is very much in the individual's control and at their beck and call and working in harmony with the individual. Once the individual moves into the Earth's plane, they take on a third-dimensional body, which is more remote and has more body systems operating that are dependent upon the intake and the outgo of energy sources such as water and food and minerals, vitamins. These can become out of balance and the body becomes harder to control 
And the body then can take on an atmosphere or life of its own, which it is harder to keep in harmony with. The individual coming from the other side often does not realize that as they move into the veil of the body, the veil of the consensus reality of others around them, the veil of the family and their prejudices and beliefs, that as they take on these new ideas and these new cloakings, that it can disrupt their own sensor and can move a being more partially into the third dimension than they would have thought when they were moving from, say, the fifth dimension to the third dimension. This, then, is the reason that many get lost in that they take on the cloaking of the third dimensional belief system, the third dimensional body system, the third dimensional problems that can go wrong with body systems. And they become immersed and meshed in that, as Carla Ruckert would say, the maelstroms of life in the third dimension. It embroils them in their energy and makes tensions in the realm. And they forget why they have come and where they have come from. Those are our comments. And when asked, how can a person tell if, they're, if they are a raw wanderer? Raw on. To some degree, it will resonate with them. The idea of raw, the energy, once they can sense the energy of the raw group, such as carried in the book, The Reincarnation of Edgar Cayce, it carries raw energy. And individual then can sense the energy if it resonates with them as familiar energy of home or a fulfilling energy, then they may have come from the raw group. When? One way is that people in the raw group will resonate with the words of the raw group and will identify and connect easily with the wisdom of the raw group when they read it. Yes? That is correct. And when asked, how many people if this can be looked at, are on this planet right now who chose to come back here from the raw group. Raw on. We get 60 million. And when responds, 60 million. Thank you. A question that I ask is, we hear that 90% of them got lost, according to Carla Ruckert. On the other side, do they not notice that guys are getting lost? Is that information not available? Ra'an. Yes, particularly the Elohim notices and the Ra group. Some sections of the Ra group also notice. And these individuals are sorely missed. 
there among some groups, there is frustration in that they wish to see and be with their friends again. And they feel that their friends aren't going to be coming back. And it is very frustrating for some of us on the other side. When do all members of the raw group on the other side have astral bodies or do they fan out into higher dimensions uh, where some of them are pure energy and then the lower ones are fanned out into the astral? Which is the correct viewpoint on that? Raw on. There are many with the astral type bodies and they can live in an astral type setting with buildings and rivers and surroundings that they can move in and out of. And the others can, and some prefer it to not have an astral body in the nature of a human, but to have the astral body in the nature of a ball of energy, such as an orb. It makes it easier to travel if the form is of an orb configuration. When, when we see an orb, is an orb an a indication of one soul? And are orbs always from the raw group? Orbs are not always from the raw group and it can be one or more souls. When can orbs be of the negative as well? Raw on, give us a moment. Orbs are generally of the positive. And when talked about being at the end of the call, um, and raw on says you can ask one last question and then we'll continue next week. Uh, when asked, the raw group members that come here are called wanderers. And could you tell us a little bit about Elohim souls that take on bodies? How many Elohim souls have bodies in this realm? Ra'an, give us a moment. Elohim souls do not take on a body as readily if you mean the third dimension and the third density in general. Well, I'm thinking more of just on planet Earth. Yes, we would say approximately 12 million. And Elohim souls? Ra'an. They generally group together. They generally come in groups, such as in the Mormons. Raw group, when asked, raw group does not do the same thing. They don't come in as groups. Ra'an, they are more wanderers, and they move into different situations. And that was the end of the call, guys. I think that it's so interesting, and if you resonate with that idea of a wanderer or a starseed, then you probably are such a soul. And I will turn it back to you, Jackie. I love you guys. Happy Independence Day. Thank you. Thank you so much, Bonnie. And I have a feeling there's a lot of resonating going on on this call. 
Now, we usually join Jennifer to address planetary healing next, but she's recovering from a health issue and is unable to be with us tonight. So Wynn will include the earthquake and volcanic zones within his guided visualization, which will take place in just a few moments. And of course, he will also direct our focus to the many other issues that need our attention. But right now, the phone lines are being unmuted, and you have this opportunity to put your concerns into the light, always keeping in mind that the highest and greatest good for all be considered. If you're listening to us on BBS Radio or to a replay, this is also the right time to put forth your personal concerns. And I'd like to thank all of you for your contributions and your service tonight. Unmuted. This is Jeannie in Citrus Heights. I'd like to share a quote um, that I found, and I think it's, uh, it applies to our current situation in, uh, in our current history. And this is it. It's uh, Silence in the face of evil is itself evil. God will not hold us guiltless. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. And that was from Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was one of the most passionate and active of people in the resistance of World War II against the Nazi regime. And I thought that this quote relates very well to why I think it's imperative that we at this time are willing to speak up and speak out against any and all of the inappropriate levels of control that the powers that be are attempting to exert on our U.S. population and on the global population. So I put the awakening of humanity into the light in order that this time of trouble might be shortened. Thank you. Hi, I would like to continue to ask for rain uh, for the Southwest United States. And especially here where I live in Southern California, where all our reservoirs have gone dry. And so I'm asking for rain and anywhere there are drought conditions, I'm asking for some relief. Also, I would like to continue to send love and light and laughter and hope to the children of the world. And also, I'm asking for a balance of energy uh, in all the right places, all the right means, all the right measures, just a general balance of energy. And I would like to send some love and healing to Jennifer and to Terry Brown and Jackie and myself for my arthritic knees and anyone else on the call who needs some help. Uh, now is the time to put that in the light. 
um, because our sources are listening. So thank you very much. Tom, Tom in San Jose, support and protection for Sidney Powell, Mike Glendale for the documentary, uh, 2000 Mules and the Doc Rigged 2020. Thank you. This is Cecil. I'd like to put my wife Betty in the light for a fast and safe transfer out of this realm. Thank you. Anyone else before we go to win his visualization? I thank you all. So, Wim, please. And Mike, to you, brother. Muted. Thank you. So, as I was saying earlier, on this call, we have a bunch of humans. And we also have a greater number of non-humans. Beings that are in the higher realms, sometimes I call them the God realms, and they can add their energy to our intentions. So as I do this visualization, they will be here with us. So you don't have to believe them the first time you hear it. Um, keep coming on, keep hearing their messages hear the energy on the call and you can decide for yourself if that's true or not. This is not a religion and there's enough things that have happened experientially that have convinced me and the people that pay attention to all this stuff that it's real. But it's hard to believe the first time you hear it. The first time they started talking to me it took me three years and to say, this is real. <laughs> They're who they say they are. So, you know, Are you still here, Win? I think he dropped out. That's okay, like I dropped out. I dropped out. I'm back. So, we're going to have a group energy that we can move around. And we're going to surround our planet with our group energy, which includes all of us on this line and all of the interdimensional beings that are working with us and working with this call. And we're going to become repeater stations, repeating the vibrations of the love light energy that flows through the universe, through ourselves, through our higher aspects of ourselves, into the surface of our planet, lifting the vibration of everything that can be lifted. 
we take a moment and we focus on the humans who are service to others, either in a big way or a small way. Um, on the children who are the hope for the future. And we ask that as they get older, they get wiser, and they become able to fulfill that role of the leadership. We go to the animals and the pets, and particularly the pets who help keep their owners' chakras open, their hearts open, and in balance. I wouldn't be surprised if many people don't graduate this realm because of their pet. We go to the plant life, the trees, the bushes, the flowers, and the grass that pull in the energy from the higher realms, move it through their plant bodies, through their roots, and into the earth. And we just sent energy to augment this process. We go to the rocks, the minerals, and crystals. Who have very solid matrices that can hold energy for long periods of time. And we send this energy to that group. We go to the insects, and particularly the insects that are part of the balance of nature, like the bees. We ask for the preservation of those species while our planet is going through this shift. We go to the fish and the sea life, and the dolphins and the whales. Now we go through the surface of the earth into the interior of the earth. And the earth is alive. The earth has volitional action. And she has an energy field that goes all through the interior and through the surface, similar to the smaller energy field of humans. And all life on this planet is part of Earth's energy field. And the Earth has to process a lot of stuff, particularly from humans. So she goes through suffering. And we send healing to Earth. We send this energy to Earth for her strengths. 
And we send gratitude for having this opportunity to have physical embodiments on this planet and be hosted by the Earth. We go through the energy waves that travel through the Earth and terminate in potential earthquakes and volcanoes. And we send calming energy to these waves. We go back to the surface of the Earth. And we're going to go through the earthquake zones and send columns of light to each zone, penetrating through the ground and bringing calm energy. And the first zone, and the most volatile zone, is called the Ring of Fire, the land masses surrounding the Pacific Ocean, and the vulnerable islands in the Pacific. We send a column of light to this huge area around all those coastlines and send calm energy through the ground to all potential earthquakes and volcanoes. We go to the Mid-Atlantic fault line, centered in St. Louis and the surrounding states. We send a column of light hundreds of miles in diameter, penetrating through the ground, covering this entire area of potential earthquakes, and we send calm energy. And we go to the Mid-Atlantic fault line, in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, running thousands of miles from the North Pole through Iceland, down the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, as far south as the tip of South America. And we put a longitudinal column of light along this whole fault line, sending it through the water into the ground underneath the water and bringing calm energy. We ask our sources to help locate any other potential earthquakes and volcanoes anywhere on our planet and send this calm energy. And any earthquakes and volcanoes that need to occur because the Earth is releasing stress, that they can occur gradually and away from population centers.
we go to some of the other out-of-balance situations, starting out with the coronavirus and its mutations and any other contagious viruses and pathogens now are in the future. And we ask that they all be rendered harmless. We ask that the human immune systems for all the people on this planet can be strengthened. And we go to pathogens and toxins in vaccines. And we ask that they can be transmuted. There are many agendas on this planet being perpetrated by what we call the negative elite that are not in the highest good of all concerned, that are designed to manipulate and control people and to even kill them. And we ask for the increased awareness of humans where they have to go beyond the traditional media to learn the truth of what's going on and to learn how, what things to support on this planet energetically. The quality of discernment. We ask for the awareness of humans to be more tuned in to the vibrations of the higher realms, of those sources like ours and ours that can energetically impact things that occur on this planet when they are asked, and it's for the highest good of all concerned. We go to the people that suffer. People suffer for a myriad of reasons. They suffer because they're lonely because they don't have enough money to support their families, because they've gotten into bad relationships, because they're sick, or their physical bodies are out of balance and creating pain. We ask for the presence of the Christ consciousness, the availability to all of those people that give them the opportunity to pull themselves above their suffering 
and even recreate circumstances that can change their own trajectories. We go to the droughts. And other people have already mentioned this. It's a serious situation where there has not been enough rain in it for a number of years to fill the reservoirs, to water the crops, and for animals who need watering holes. And we ask for rain in all those areas where these things need to be corrected. We go to the governments of our planet, of all the countries, and ask for qualities of leadership that make people feel safe and protected and cared for, like benevolence, compassion, wisdom, courage, integrity, and ethics. And we can attain to those qualities for ourselves as well. We go to those countries that are adversarial with each other and those groups that are adversarial. And we ask for peaceful, nonviolent, resolution to their conflicts. Hopefully, where they can invoke the law of one and realize the people that they look at as their enemies are actually part of themselves. We go to interventions. We ask that our realm is protected from nuclear weapons going off. We ask for transmutation of toxic materials on our planet, like radioactivity, Radio frequency waves and microwaves and 5G, which are harmful to humans. Chemtrails. And anything and everything that I haven't mentioned 
you food, air, water, and medicines. We take a moment and bring this light back to ourselves, this love light energy, the precursor energy to the physical realm. We see it moving through the universe, the galaxies, the Milky Way, the solar system, and finally moving into a position radiating right above our home, connecting to our roof, where we have an energy filter that only brings positive energy through it. And if we're comfortable, we can invite that energy into our home moving through our entire home, every cubic foot, lifting the vibration, transmuting negativity, lifting the other people in our home who are open to being lifted, coming down the sides of our home, the walls and creating a barrier to any negativity from outside coming into our home. And we finally move this energy through our bodies, opening up our chakras, breaking down barriers obstacles to the energy flows in our body. Activating our DNA, giving us the reference point that we are in this realm, but not of it. and that every one of us is an aspect of the one infinite creator temporarily experiencing these physical bodies on planet Earth. Thank all of you for being here. I thank our sources for working with us. I thank everyone who facilitates this call. And we especially thank Terry Brown. Take a moment and let's send Terry healing and back to her beautiful, vibrant, loving self. And on that note, we will see you next time. This session is no longer being recorded.